Hello, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. Whenever you're listening to this, whether it be live or VOD, Twitch or YouTube, or Spotify, while you are waiting for the last match in your Switch round to come to an end, creating a brand new TikTok account in an attempt to connect to the casual scene, Asking Sonic if it looks like that you need his power. Whatever it is that you're doing right now. Appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to this. Uh, unless I don't. Uh, real quick, uh, as, as the casual listener of the podcast knows, we, we like to we try to have fun here. This is a uh, you know a slightly serious, slightly silly thing uh, that I enjoy doing. Every now and then, though, we, we talk more about some the, uh, the more serious side of stuff that goes on in the community. I'm sure many of you are aware of the twit longer that dropped yesterday. Um, and, you know, I, I need to be really careful how I address these things. I don't, in the past, people have DM'd me whenever I talk about twit longers that release that involve um, sexual harassment stuff. Why don't you use the names of the victims or or anybody involved in Twitlongers pop gun when you talk about that stuff. I don't know if I should or can considering a, I'm on multiple platforms with this, it's not just Twitch, it's YouTube. It's also anchor. Um, two, it involves minors and, uh, graphic stuff. So I don't, I don't think it's really appropriate to use specific names involved in it. And now it's not just like, it's not government names. I understand that it's IGNs, but still with respect to that, I'm, I'm just going to vaguely talk about it without using specific things because none of this is, it's, you know, everybody's, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's best not to use specific names with these kinds of things. Uh, just given that kind of context. However, I am a hundred percent sure that a hundred percent of you saw that twit longer yesterday. If you didn't, how how do you know who I am? Like this is a niche podcast you're listening to. How do you know what this is, but still don't pay attention to the competitive scene at all? Um, and if you want, if you haven't seen it, I retweeted it, uh, as did a couple hundred other people as well. So it's it's very well widespread. Uh, and I don't want to get into the it at all specifics of it you know i don't want to do that every single time a twit longer gets released but there is one new thing i do want to talk about to build off of all the things i have said in the past um this isn't something that it was brand new this isn't like uh, these aren't accusations that happened recently because it's like how could you people still be jackasses after the summer we had where with like all the people speaking out but that's not the case here this is something that happened back in 2020 so it's like, okay, cool. Well, not cool, but like, okay, this is something that happened uh, before the, uh, I guess, like all the conversations we had in the summer. But it, it, it begs the question of like, well, why, if, if this happened like over a year ago and we're just now finding out about it, why are my people, why are more people not speaking out about it? What is... What is the issue that, like, why, when somebody speaks out about it, what is the first thing we say? Oh, you're so brave for coming forward and speaking about this. It, it's, it's great that you're coming forward. Why are we saying that? It's because we know 
that they're risking something, right? It's not as simple as just pointing out, hey, this guy abused me. It's it's like, oh, congratulations. We understand uh, that you are risking something by just pointing out that you were abused by someone. And it's, I don't speak for other people. You guys know that. Uh, another reason why I don't want to be using names here. But I, I, I can assume that people see what happened here. Whenever somebody, especially someone with clout in a plus server, gets accused of something, we all condemn that person. They get voted out. They still get votes, but they get enough down votes to where they're voted out. What has happened in the past? Those people get voted back in a month later. We've seen that happen time and time again. And then it's this, this idea of like, oh, well, I've changed. That person who I abused has forgiven me. So that means my friends can forgive me and we can just move on like nothing ever happened. And obviously I'm never going to do this again. And the women and non-binary and people that are abused are probably looking at that and saying, oh, cool. That person who did horrible things just gets to go right back in and if they were to do that again, it, it all the people that would speak out about them see all the people that support that person, and that means they're going to be against me for speaking out. That kind of sucks. So, yeah, you are risking something simply by pointing out that somebody is being a total douche to you, and that's the problem. And don't confuse this with cancel culture, right? There's a difference between cancel culture and justice, right? Cancel culture is when I post a, a picture of myself doing this. Sorry, some of you had to see that. And somebody twisting that message to fit a narrative. Uh, what were they saying? I was making fun of children who are scared of adults online. Like, no, that is you completely perverted my message to paint a picture of me that is absolutely not true and everybody who saw that picture knew that that's an attempt at cancel culture trying to twist the message to fit whatever narrative you want to paint of somebody if your actions are being called out and other people are starting to recognize it and condemning you for it that's not cancel culture that's called being held accountable for your actions and I think the problem with this scene is, and what people are recognized, people who have been abused are starting to recognize, we do not do a good enough job of holding people accountable in the long term. It's just a month. It's, it's just a month slap on the wrist and then you're back into things. Now, how good you are at the video game depends upon this. That's, that's a fact. This player, the most recent uh, accused is a plus three player, that's not strong enough. You can't be a plus three player and survive with these kinds of accusations. You're not good enough at the video game, sorry. But we've seen people in plus one get away with it. We've seen people in plus two get away with it. We have people DM us during Super Jump. Hey, can you let this player back in? They're good at the game. Their victim apologized to, or they apologized to the victim. It's all good. Why can't you, why won't you let this person play in your tournament? That's ridiculous. Just saying. News from this week. Uh, tournaments that might be of interest to the casual listener here on the podcast. Um, 
Low Ink is going on this week. It is Low Ink Week. Make sure you sign up for that sooner rather than later uh, if you're eligible for it. It's a, it's a tournament for everyone unless it's not. Uh, preview is going to be coming out on Friday. It might be a little bit of a different. We might not have enough uh, teams sign up for this tournament to where it's worth doing a top 10. It, but it might just be a case where I just talk about literally every single team that signs up. Whatever it is, whatever I do preview-wise, we are going to talk about uh, Low Ink on Friday um, because people always enjoy the Low Ink preview episodes. Make sure you sign up for that. Again, sooner rather than later, our verification team is standing by waiting to deny you. Uh, so give them more opportunity to do that. Today, we're going to be chatting with the Magic 8-Ball uh, Hitio for the Squidboard Splat Series Tournament this past weekend. Also, a, uh, pro a uh, prominent figure, a well-known figure in the TikTok scene. I don't know what the words are. The, the Magic has a lot of TikTok followers, and uh, it's a topic that we're going to be going on today. So there's a lot of things we want to talk about with Magic, who's making their return appearance since, like, episode 12 of the podcast. So always happy to have Magic on, uh, even when it's once in a blue moon. But first... Today was supposed to be the day that I was going to recap Little Squid League 17, right? Like, I, I announced, like, last month that I had the next 12 episodes of the podcast already planned out as far as what the topic was going to be. Well, today's episode was supposed to be dedicated entirely to Little Squid League 17, much like I do to a low ink. I mean, it was going to be a two-day tournament, basically a low-level major. A bracket on Sunday, a ladder stage on Saturday, not in that order. Saturday becomes comes before Sunday. And a $250 grand prize for a tournament where the highest skill cap that you could be, uh, or the highest skill you could be while falling under the cap was Div 7. A unheard of tournament up to this point. Never before has a tournament been this high of a skill cap with this high of a prize, or this low of a skill cap with this high of a prize. A pioneer and very ambitious tournament at that one. I was very excited. I remember exactly where I was. I was in a bar uh, in the good, good part of downtown Indianapolis. Uh, in the restroom, checking my phone, and I saw that, and I was like, bruh, this looks awesome! Uh, really excited for Little Squid League. Tweet came out on Monday of last week uh, that a cancellation of this tournament was being considered by Little Squid League staff uh, due to the lowerish turnout of teams that had signed up for the tournament up to that point. Um... Now, at that time, I believe there were 21 teams registered. I, I can't confirm that. There's 22 teams registered right now, but I think like some teams registered after the fact or something like that. So don't quote me on the exact number of where it was on Monday, but it was in the it was in the 20 range. It, it was at least 20 teams, if not 21 or 22. However. This was a ladder format, as I mentioned, for Saturday. Not the usual group stage that the LSL has been known for. And they needed 40-plus teams in order for the ladder to make sense. 
and as of Monday, they only had 20-ish. On Tuesday, Tweet and Discord Ping came out, announcing that the tournament had been canceled. Dang, dude, that sucks. That really sucks for Little Squid League. The participants and all of us as a whole. Uh, it, it would have been a really good tournament. Um, and unfortunately, it wasn't. Now, there, there's plenty of things to look at here from, from a critical standpoint to, to, to question for sure. Uh, why ladder stage? Um, was it too ambitious to do a ladder stage? Was it, is there not enough pool of, of teams in div seven on down to, that are eligible even to play in a tournament like this? Uh, there's school finals going on. There's, there's Ludi. Uh, and how many, you know, and how many teams just wait to the last second to sign up? You know, normally if little squid league had like 20 ish teams in a normal little squid league on a Monday, that's kind of a good thing, right? Cause you know that that number is going to close to double by the end of, uh, by the end of Friday when registration ends. Cause so many people, for so many frustrating reasons that TOs have, uh, wait till the very last possible second to register for tournaments. I understand that, you know, it's, it's not like Smash Brothers where you are just signing up yourself. You have to sign up three other people. And if it's Smash GG, you need to get all three of your idiot teammates to, to sign up. You can't just auto sign up them yourself, but this is Battlefy. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you, it just makes you think if this was just a normal little squid league and no no cash prize no two day format just the one it already had would the numbers be worse than what they were before like would little squid league get less teams no i i feel like you and of course i'm not involved in the conversations little squid league i'm just an analyst for that tournament um what i do here but one would just assume if it was just normal little squid league, they would have gotten the same number of teams they they typically do. The upper, the higher twenties, the mid thirties, uh, possibly pushing forty. It it would have been interesting to see what kind of numbers they would have got. There was, uh, I will say this: someone DM'd me after the last episode of the podcast, just, uh, uh, just, <laughs> just, just a, a normal conversation. I had mentioned them at one point during the podcast. Uh, and we were just talking for a little bit and I asked him, I was like, Hey, you guys signed up for a little squidly. Cause I try to promote other tournaments and make sure people are signing up for them earlier. I was like, Hey, you guys signing up for this. And they said, well, we saw the, we were going to, but we saw the tweet that they were going to cancel likely. So we're kind of backing off on that. I was like, well, maybe if you signed up, it might help the tournament not cancel. But there, there's kind of proof that that tweet that went on Monday might've scared off a couple of people. Uh, from registering because I, I think th I think they were confused. Maybe that tweet meant it was already canceled, but I think it was just more of like a "Hey, sign up or else" kind of thing. Um, regardless, though, um, is this uh, it, with lower level tournaments seeing a bit of a decline? Is it time to panic here? Because Loink has seen a decline as well, much more, much heavier of a decline. Um, than Little Squid League. Now, when you look at where we were in January with 120 teams um, to where we were last month with uh, about uh, 60 or 70-ish teams, you, you can see a little bit of a, 
of course, that, you know, 50 team differential over the course of January up until November. Yeah, that's significant, but that's not that's not cause for concern. Exactly. That's more so us moving down from Div 4 to Div 5. We're kicking out more people than new blood is being brought back in. The reason I'm not panicking yet, and I announced this, I said this during the last episode of the Low Ink uh, podcast that I did back in November, is that viewership on Twitch was just as strong as it's ever been for Low Ink. So, yeah, we're kicking out more teams. More teams are graduating, getting banned, getting those certificates of band that you guys love so much uh, than we've had in the past. But those people are still sticking around. They're still coming back and watching the tournament. Low Week is still the tournament you want to watch because you know the significance of it, and it's always entertaining because uh, the commentators are awesome. But the bigger story here is that we are losing our pipeline of new teams while everyone waits for Splatoon 3. This sparked a tweet last week that I did. Uh, the new quest that IPL is setting out on, trying to connect to the casual scene, recognizing that we need to find new blood, a new connection somewhere to where we can bring in new people, new players to the competitive scene uh, without scaring them off with how toxic we are. The 99% of the community is what I'm talking about here. The 99% of the community that has no clue that anything going on in the competitive scene actually exists. They might be aware of the Nintendo tournaments. They might have been aware that Riptide was a thing because a thousand people were watching Riptide live. That is a high number. Uh, they might have been aware of the Squid House. But I guarantee you, a good chunk of people of that 99% of the casual crowd that actually plays this game and might be interested in something uh, going on in the grassroots side of the community has no clue that Looty is a thing, that Little Squid League is a thing, that Low Ink is a thing, <laughs> that the Plus servers are a thing, thank God, don't tell them about that, uh, that Launch Point is a thing. I guarantee you. So the question now becomes... If we want to continue to grow Splatoon 2, you can build up momentum going into Splatoon 3, how do we make that connection to the casual crowd and let them know, not so much bring them in and say, hey, you guys want to be sweaties with us or anything like that. It's like, do you guys even know this is an option? Are you guys even aware that there are resources that exist for something you might not be interested in or might not even know that you'd be interested in? Where can we go find these people? That was the question that I uh, proposed on my tweet. And by the way, thank you for everyone who responded to that in a serious way. Um, Low Ink, Little Squid League, all low-level tournaments are a community-wide effort. It, it takes it takes all of us. Uh, it takes a village to raise a child. So the, the fact that people who are banned from Low Ink, who don't make that stupid joke all the time, oh, let's just let me back in the Low Ink. All right, cool. That was thanks funny uh but are actually like hey here's some ways that i think you should go out and try to connect to people thank you for actually responding to that it takes a, uh, a village to uh to do whatever it is that i said reddit was one thing that people were pointing out and this is something i want to point out i actually come from reddit the way i found out about anything related to competitive splatoon starts from reddit right 
says, uh, when I first got the game, Splatoon 2, and I saw what the league option was, I was like, I'll never do that. None of my friends have a Switch. And I definitely don't have three other friends who have a Switch. Eventually, after like a year of playing the game, I went to Reddit. And during a Splatfest, just the Splatoon 2 Reddit, and people were saying, hey, we need two players for Team Donnie. Um, because that was back when, before the new uh, Splatfest format, the old Splatfest format was you had to have three other friends. You couldn't just play with one other friend and to get queued up with two randos. You had to have a full squad of four back then, right? So, uh, I went to Reddit and I responded to some posts about people that were on the same Splatfest team as me. Eventually, I connected with the right people that were like, hey, join our Discord group. Uh, because we, uh, that's where we VC and that's how I found out about discord. I didn't even know what discord was until I went to Reddit. And then eventually after getting um, comfortable in discord, I found a, uh, casual clan known at the time as Sploot Billies. Uh, and I reached out to the, uh, the leader of that, who is now my very dear friend, Carrot, uh, and got involved in Sploot Troops, which is what is known as now. And have made some really close friends that I hope will stick with me for the rest of my life. And uh, have grown since then to figure out from the Sploots, oh, there are things as tournaments. There's such a thing as competitive Splatoon. But it all spawn, it all connects back to Reddit. So that's where I come from. Without Reddit, there is no podcast. What would you guys be doing right now? What, who who would be, poor Sindal would be the only person getting dogged on for not having hair in this scene if it wasn't for Reddit. So there is some, there is some potential there in Reddit. There is, there is a lot of potential. I am proof that there is potential in Reddit. Now, in the past, I've tried to like, like when we were recruiting a couple of years ago, I posted an ad on Reddit just to see what would happen. Like, hey, uh... Destiny Troops is recruiting. We need this kind of thing. Uh, and I, I, I think the response I got from the mods was like, this isn't a good place to do that. And maybe, you know, maybe the mods have changed since then, or maybe they weren't like open to competitive stuff then or, or whatever. Or they were like, hey, go to the serve, go to the free agent server. And I was like, the free agent server sucks. Uh, I want to find new players, uh, diamonds in the rough that nobody's ever heard of. Um, but still, uh, I, I, I've seen, I saw a little squid league actually post their tournament on Reddit. Uh, and that seemed to get some pretty positive feedback. You saw a lot of people coming and like, how do I go? Where do I go for this? What is a discord? Uh, someone posted like, Hey, I think my children would be interested in this, but I don't know how to get started in that. So there is, I think there's more of an interest now in Reddit, uh, for the competitive side than what there was in the past. But uh, I don't think a lot of us have attempted to do that. Squidboards. Did we all forget about squidboards until the most recent tournament? I did. Now, squidboards, for those of you who aren't aware, is like it's basically a message board forum, an online forum for competitive Splatoon. Now, uh, I don't know how... If we're talking, having a conversation about bringing in casuals, I don't know if Squidboard's the thing. Squidboard's is more of like if you're already in competitive and you need somewhere to go. I, I don't think it's a place casuals would be aware of unless they found out about it through something like Reddit or, or Facebook or something like that. I will say this, though. 
the significance of Squidboard is that it's an actual hub for all things competitive. We don't really we don't really have a hub for competitive Splatoon right now, do we? Discord is it's it's basically Discord and Twitter, and Twitter is a total dumpster fire. Uh, or yeah, Twitter's a total dumpster fire. Discord it's you know it's good it's a very useful resource that we all use but it's 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 too spread out it's too all over the place like maybe the biggest server is is probably ludi and well who actually uses ludi other than just for the tournament um so it, it's not like we have an actual area where everybody can come to and talk about competitive Splatoon. Squidboards probably is the closest thing we have to that, but we, we've abandoned that as a community for over a year now. So that's why I'm glad that it's trying to make an effort to come back, but uh, I haven't posted anything in there. Maybe that's something I'll do this week is just check out Squidboards in general. The biggest solution... To all of this, or the uh, the best suggestion that I saw comes from uh, some user named uh, Magic 8-Ball, who suggested, in all seriousness, that IPL make a TikTok account. Now, it is uh, it is not, it is the, uh, the worst kept secret in this community that I am extremely uh, out of touch <laughs> with. I'm not old, all right? I'm not old. That I, 31 is not old at all, but compared to all of you munchkins, it kind of is. And I, TikTok is, it's not like TikTok isn't for my generation, but it's definitely something I'm just out of the loop on. So I made a TikTok account just to see what it was about. I took some Twitter clips of, of me commentating because I'm not, I'm not like going on TikTok trying to be like, there's Pop Guns IPL account. No, I'm not. I, I don't speak directly for IPL. But I was like, I can at least promote my, um, I can at least promote like my, my commentary with using examples from low ink streams, uh, clips from low ink streams. So it's like I'm indirectly kind of promoting low ink while using the disguise of just promoting myself. Now, when I, uh, when I went into TikTok, I went to my producer carrot, uh, and I was like, this is something I should be doing. And she was like, for the podcast, no. For IPL stuff, yes. Uh, so TikTok is what we basically, the, commu the competitive community uh, is, is sensing TikTok is, is mostly casuals at this point. Which makes sense. The, casuals have no idea. If, if, if somebody who's not in the competitive scene were to listen to the podcast, hi, uh, you're probably going to be extremely out of the loop of what it is that I'm talking about here. The podcast is a is a niche thing that comes with a inherited uh, uh, understanding that you at least uh, have the vaguest idea of what I'm talking about. When I do a little squid, uh, when I do a low ink recap episode, there is there's kind of this understanding that you at least somewhat paid attention to the tournament in low ink. Like I'm not going to explain everything in depth. I'm assuming the audience has at least paid attention to grand finals. Cause I'll spend at least 20 minutes talking about grand finals, uh, usually in the opening of that. So it's not, I understand the casual crowd. Isn't what the podcast is. Is it's, it's not my target audience. It's just not. They have to get into competitive first and figure out what competitive is about before they'll even be interested in what uh, what I try to do here on the podcast. But 
The question is, how do we get those people interested? And I think TikTok, just looking at that, um, just getting the sense. Now, I had to figure out what bing bong means in all these other trends. But when I just get all that crap out of the way and I focus on just the Splatoon side of TikTok, it's like, okay, this makes a lot of sense. There are a lot of people. If you take a video, a, a tutorial video, like a 30-second tutorial, here's how to substrafe. Here's how to... Yeah, here's the, the optimal way to to take the rainmaker. You know, here's the here's sneaky roots that you could throw clams in on certain maps. Those things get tons, tons of likes, views, and and comments, and and get you all kinds of followers. Like to the the most basic of stuff that any competitive player would just roll their eyes at. Like I knew that like five years ago. Somebody seeing that for the first time will it'll just blow up on TikTok. So there there are a lot of people interested that I think don't really know uh, anything about competitive Splatoon on TikTok here. Now, as we're trying to reach out to casuals, we need to be really careful about this because there is some pushback. You could post something competitive on TikTok and people will be like, get this sweaty nonsense out of here. Understandably so. It, you know, not everybody is wants to take this game seriously. Now, they might be interested in watching a tournament. I started playing Halo Infinite with my friends, and I just searched Twitch last night. It's like, hey, they're in Halo Infinite. Anybody streaming this? And I found a tournament from Xbox. I didn't understand what was going on because I'm a total casual at Halo Infinite, but I enjoyed watching that. I was like, hey, this is pretty cool. Uh, I'll never play in a tournament, but I'll enjoy watching it. And that, uh, that supports that scene just by me watching. But we need to be really careful because we've done things in the past to help drive away competitive uh, uh, casual players from anything competitive, right? Squid bagging is okay. If you want to taunt your opponent, go for it. Hey, I kind of did it on stream Saturday against Ink Sync. I uh, got a triple against them. I didn't squid bag them, but I did kind of stand over them and stare them down for a little bit. It was on stream. The commentators just glossed over it. They didn't. I don't think they realized I was taunting them, but I was. Uh, Ink sinks little jackasses, and I'm not going to miss an opportunity to uh, to taunt them for it. I am all okay. If you are naturally taunting someone in the middle of the game, and you're not going out of your way to like, you're not like focusing on jack. You're not like forgetting the objective or anything, but if you make a play and you want to let your opponent know that you're better than them, go for it. I don't care. It's a TO. I do not care. Now, if it crosses the line, like you're, you're taunting them in chat or you're going on Twitter or, or something like that. And that crosses the line. Yeah, that's not cool. But in game, in the natural process of the game, go for it. That is the gray area. TOs do not need to be having a rule. You do not need to have a rule about taunting in game. You are setting yourself up for failures to TO if you do that. However, if anybody goes on Twitter and complains about squid bagging as a casual, you guys are so doggone soft about it. So soft about it that you need to pile on this person. Squid bagging's totally fine. How dare you have an opinion against squid bagging? Like, are you guys really that insecure about squid bagging that whenever somebody calls it out, you have to huddle up with all of your friends? Hey, this person's calling us out for being jerks. We need to protect ourselves from this. Come on, guys. We don't need to dogpile on that. Same thing with spawn camping. Again. From a competitive sense, 
Spawn camping, totally fine. The problem, if you watch Prochar's video, some maps are designed for spawn camping, i.e. walleye warehouse. Spawn camping is a totally acceptable way to play the game. However, if you're spawn camping and refusing to touch the objective, if it's Rainmaker and you have four guys partying in the enemy base and you're just not going to touch the Rainmaker for five solid minutes, that crosses the line and that can get you in trouble in a tournament. But spawn camping in the point of the game, the game is built for spawn camping. I'm sorry. There's no way around that. However, when somebody goes on Twitter and complains about getting spawn camped, oh no, we need to go and attack this person. How dare they be upset that we are beating the absolute snot out of them. You should take your butt whooping and be happy about it. My goodness, you guys don't understand. You are driving people away with that stupid nonsense. Yeah, it's okay to disagree, but do you guys all need to pile on that you are driving them away? You are driving casuals away from the scene when you have to be that aggressive against people that are against being spawn camped and squid bag. Come on, guys. I like to think we're better than this. But it really, again, it comes across as you being insecure about anybody having a different opinion from you that you need to get all your friends in and get as many likes and retweets and, and ratios as possible so that you can get past that. I'm, I'm going off on a tangent. My point is this. Splatoon 2 is not dead yet. I, it is going to die at some point, but it's not dead yet. And if we want Little Squid League to get more teams, we want Low Ink to get more teams, and we want to build momentum going into Splatoon 3, we don't need to give up on this game just yet. There are still a lot of people that would be interested in competitive Splatoon 2 that just have no idea that the grassroots movement exists. And we're going to be talking with uh, Magic 8-Ball in a second to get his thoughts on all of this. But I'm telling you right now, this game is not dead. I'm not giving up on it. And if it means I have to go on TikTok to figure it out, so be it. And that's another thing. When TikTok was brought up earlier last week, all, these, uh, all the TO servers that I'm in were like, I'm not touching TikTok. I, no way. I don't know what that is. I'm not even going to attempt to touch it. I'm going to attempt it. And I might be the most cringe person in this community to attempt to figure out TikTok. And, and I saw Havoc uh, created a TikTok account as well with the same kind of intent. Hats off, Havoc. We'll figure this out together unless we don't. But we're going to give it a shot, baby. And we're, we're going to see what we can do here. And uh, if I have to, if I have to pull out a new dance video to save the soul of competitive Splatoon, I'll do it. Uh, unless I won't. Regardless, that's enough. Uh, well, no, unfortunately, there's still more of me talking to come. Ugh. Let's get through the weekly recap. Low level rankings came out last week. Uh, lower level Splatoon, I believe, underscore SBL, I believe, is the uh, Twitch account for that. I I keep keep wanting to mention the low level rankings when they come out, and I keep forgetting to do so. I caught it this time, baby. The team finished number one in the month of November. 
uh, for the love level rankings goes out to Snowfall, the team that finished in second place in Low Ink. Uh, team that finished in first place, Gorilla Tactics, nowhere on this list because, well, they won Low Ink. They're obviously not going to be in Low Level anymore. Snowfall, a obvious choice being the number two team that finished in Low Ink, but look at what they're doing in Looty too. Because you might be saying, well, wait a minute. Yeah, I, I saw the same thing you did, Pop Gun. Wasn't, didn't they have a sub from BLT, Snack, who was not clearly the best player in that game, but was the, of the players playing on Sunday, Snack's Tri Slosher was clearly the biggest issue in Snowfall. Yes. However, look what Snowfall is doing in Looty Div 5 without the help of their Div 4 sub, Snack. 15 and 5 per game against Aquatic Vanguard, Sekiz Naga, and Illumini. None of those teams have been able to take more than two games off the of Snowfall in Looty, and that doesn't include the 5-0 they got over Kingmaker in the month of December because this is just the November rankings. Snowfall looking pretty beefy right now. And here's the interesting thing about this going forward. Teams 2 through 6 are already banned from low ink. I tap and leg tied for second place. Cold Coral, the beta bracket champion. They're doing four. They're number three here. They're banned. Persistence, number five. They got banned. Now, keep in mind, this is before Persistence won that Minnow Cup because that was in December. These rankings are just for November. Wipeout Punks, number six, and number Div 14. So that leaves the question of like, okay, Snowfall's number one and like two through six are gone. Doesn't that mean Snowfall's automatically going to win the next long week? We'll have to tune in Friday to see what my thoughts are on it. I don't think it's an automatic slam dunk. Uh, the highest rated Div 8 team goes out to number 7. Not your, but my lag paradise popping off in the most recent low ink, finishing number 7 here on the list. Legato rounding out your top 10 at number 8, Cracking United 9. Sekiz Naga, number 10. Sekiz Naga would have been much higher on this list. They didn't drop off their Saturday's low ink, but that's a different conversation. Uh, the biggest surprise here. Uh, is Access Denied at number 22. Access Denied, a perennial alpha bracket team, had a, in all fairness, had a bad November. There's there's no sugarcoating it. However, I like the fact that they've added Suge to their roster and listening to their VC with Suge in their team, you can tell that he's had a positive impact on them, is a good shot caller. After a month of guild building more chemistry with that player, Access Denied's gonna be back on track, if not better, than what they were in the past. Just takes a little bit of month to figure out that stuff out. And special shout out to number 29, my favorite team name to say, see ya! Finishing number 29 here. Also bold in the asterisk. I wish I paid attention to what those things mean. I think that's their first time on this list at number 29. I see ya! See ya! Little, not little squidly, but how about we look at some tournaments? Yes, Sirius working their way all the way up to Let's Spawn. That Tower Rider does pop armor. They are barreling their way towards that KO. That Booyah Bomb coming out the train to Pet Tower. Two members get on, bringing in that clutch. They do KO it. Sirius winning Game 7 of Grand Finals and taking with it Championship of SOS 51. That it was Skepadillion 
and Fern on the call for IPL's SOS number 51 that saw Sirius beating Let's 4-3. Tacos Tacos de Canasta Tacos taking third place. Now, Sirius winning this tournament. Wait a minute, Pop Gun. Isn't that a Div 3 team? What are they doing winning this tournament that has Operation Paradox and Tukey in it? That shouldn't be happening, right? Well, it's almost like this crazy idea that a team that got divved back on November the 13th has improved since then. Literally a month ago from today, they've improved since then. What a crazy concept. Now, a lot of you are falling for this trap, and I warned you a month ago that this was going to happen. You guys are going to try to take results that a team gets on November 14th afterwards and try to reapply it to the results they had on November the 13th. That makes no sense. Is Sirius a Div 2 team today? Without question. I wouldn't have to campaign for Sirius to be a Div 2 team. The question would be, are they Div 1 or not? That's what the argument would have been. But on November the 13th, can you tell me what results Sirius had if you can't, then maybe you shouldn't be talking about things with the Ludi Seating Council, but I'll tell you anyways. They were competing for hammerhead brackets. Of course, they were a Div 3 team on November the 13th, but that does not mean that we need to take the uh, this great win, this awesome win that they got against a lot of really strong teams in this SOS tournament, and what Soup accomplished in uh, in Squidboards, and try to turn it into a negative by throwing shade at the seating council that got it right a month ago? I don't understand why we have to constantly try to find the negative in positive things, but this is uh, welcome to competitive Splatoon, baby. Uh, Cherry Limeade win Hammerhead Bracket. Infinidods win the Mako Bracket. Inked wins Lantern. Let's take a look at Lobster Crossfire, the one tournament uh, that I don't think I've really talked about a lot at this point. It is a tournament that is splat zones only, double elimination, and you have to use a CDS or VDS weapon. I believe that is the lobster there. Um, I, I guess I guess it kind of looks like a lobster. Brand Nation takes first place. Jackpot takes second. Memory taking third. The uh, nine teams played in this. I, I don't know if this was a joke or not, but Jackpot was the number nine seed. I, I don't... I don't understand that. I, I, that must have been a joke. Uh, because I know for a fact the players that run know who Jackpot is. I I just I don't know why they got the worst possible seed, but uh, so be it. They finished in the second place. Uh, 4v4 Splat Zone Only Tournament must include a Dually Squelter. I remember a time when Dually Squelters were not good and then CDS became great and then now we're at a point where VDS is one of the strongest weapons uh, at least with the missile spam meta that we are currently in here. The Oakland Raiders celebrated on the Kansas City Chiefs logo before the game and the Chiefs celebrated on the Raiders' corpses after the game, winning 48-9. My goodness, I think they made a mistake. The Rams play the Arizona Cardinals tonight uh, with a chance not to be the number one team in the NFC West, but to at least make it closer. And that is the uh, weekly recap. Sponsored by the Mayonnaise vs. Ketchup Splatfest. 
which is the uh, the end res image that is on this uh, video that I use for the music for the weekly recap. Uh, of course, catch uh, no mayonnaise won. I think the initial time that was back when you could just win. That was back when the least popular team always won. Uh, Splatfest. I like the new system a lot better. I miss Splatfest. It's been a long time since we've had one. Been a long, lonely, 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 lonely time. Been a very long time. Where is, uh, you know who else I'm is lonely? You know who else I miss? Is, uh, it's Magic 8-Ball. Where is Magic? Oh, in the staff server, I see. <laughs> who, who renamed this channel the Popcast? I didn't do that. Did you do that? No, no. Uh, Hoenn DM'd me <laughs> and was like, yo, because I, I, I was chilling in the in the VC above this. And he was like, yeah. do, do you want me to like lock this to you guys? And I was like, sure, go ahead. And he was like, actually, I made a new one. So just join that one. So here we are. All right. Well, welcome into the official Popcast voice chat in a secret server uh <laughs> hetio for the squidboard splat series player for jonas who's going to get their butt kicked this week by destiny troops and oh, right. uh former or i guess maybe current member of the cornfield yakuza magic <laughs> eight ball once a member always a member welcome back to the popcast magic thank you for having me it's uh nice to talk to you again uh dream for content creator of the year ludwig all the way but i i don't understand why didn't that person cheat like the oh uh, yeah the oh, minecraft yeah. speed run what does that not disqualify you are morals not a, a thing here or? w over morals am i right too <laughs> <laughs> uh too relatable here that we're going on hey uh what do you want to talk about first you want to talk about tiktok you want to talk about squidboard i mean i have a lot to say on the tiktok category so let's let's save that for a little bit let's talk about squidboards why what sparked the idea for squidboards to come back i mean after seeing super jump and realizing that like there are no consistent tournaments Right, like, th like, there's no monthly tournaments like we used to have back in the day. There's no BNSs, which got in a bunch of people consistently, right? And so, you know, I had been talking to people in IPL. I'd been talking to to people like Kbot, and just saying like, "Hey, is is Squidboards coming back? Like, what if? Right? What if? What if Squidboards is a way to to get more visibility on the scene? And why don't we start with the tournament?" Has there been more traffic on the actual Squidboard website since then? I haven't even been paying attention. <sighs> kind of. I think that there's a lot more work that needs to be done with the boards, personally, to incentivize people to come back to it. But, yeah, I, I would say that there's at least a few more heads poking around. Yeah, there seems to be some posts today. Will you play as an Inkling or Octoling in Splatoon 3? Are Kinsa weapons worth it? I, I, I guess I just never really thought to look into this. Could you explain what make like, the tournament's connection to Squidboard? 
like did the, in the past was the tournament like run on Squidboard before like before Discord no. or something? No, no. So back back in the day, um, I forget if they if Kbot ended up because Kbot was the original person who ran the tournament, right? And I ended up being staff on Squidboards in like a completely like tangential way, but. They had come up with this idea like, oh, we need to be doing events. We need to get people more engaged on the site. And so I, I believe Kbot came on as an event organizer and started up the tournament. Um, and since then, he got Squidward to use a Discord. And so they've been running out of that ever since. Yeah, I I, I feel like I left the Squidboard server a long time ago and I came back. I was surprised. There's like several thousand people that are here. Uh, mm -hmm. I wonder how many of these people are still like active or they just never left but yeah the squidboard server is pretty beefy looking back at it a second time mm -hmm. uh, i mean a lot of competitive players have joined it over the course of their career well, it's been a lot i mean this dates back to like splatoon 1 i'm assuming i think so. i i want to say that they had their first events in splatoon 2 but i could be wrong uh how did the tournament go from your perspective you seem pretty positive about it. A couple of pickups. I'm not going to lie. Uh, a few drops and everything. There was one team, uh, Demon Hunters. There was a situation with them where I I didn't see that they were checked in when I was seeding the tournament. And I don't know if like check-in ended up going extending past one or what happened. But they said that they checked in. But I had seeded the tournament bracket without them. And so I was... Really unfortunate about that, and that was kind of the one thing that stuck out to me. But other than that, uh, we kept it within the time constraints most of the time. Um, I mean, it ended on like five fifteen, uh, like five hours and fifteen minutes, which is not bad, everything considered. Uh, and everyone seemed to like it. You know, I the, the trend nowadays it seems is make your tournament shorter and faster. Let's get it over with. And we don't have a lot of tournaments that take up a good chunk of time anymore on, on a single day. It's, it, you know, there, I can see why there's some frustration with that, but as a player mm. knowing like there is a tournament where I'm going to dedicate a good chunk of time to, it is kind of in a sense, refreshing knowing that you are going to play the game for a little bit of longer time, as opposed to something. No, get me wrong. I enjoy a three hour tournament, but I also see the, the, the value in having a little bit of a longer tournament. Uh, for better or for worse, from what the Swiss kind of brings there. Mm -hmm. um, what feed? Any feedback notable? Uh, in general, just like considering format switches and everything. You know, people hate Swiss these days. Um, and to be fair, I can see where they're coming from. Like, play all three, six rounds of play all three. I mean, that's eighteen games, basically back to back to back of Splatoon, and then heading straight into a single Elim bracket. Like, I can see how that's draining, right? So, a few considerations in the format. Um, but other than that, I don't really think that we had any major feedback other than, like, you know, Battlefy Swiss bad. <laughs> well, I mean, the main... Yeah, the, the time issue, yeah, we can't move on to the next round until the, the two teams that are arguing about who lagged the most are, are done with that. <laughs> I get that. Uh, the tiebreaker thing, I understand, but it's 
like some of these people that complain about tiebreakers, like first off, you lost two games. Like you can't expect to make top cut if you lose two games and you say, well, I lost the two alpha bracket teams. Well, okay. If you want to win the tournament, you have to beat those teams anyways. Yeah. Like, how many shots do you need to beat them? And also it's like, if this was a group tournament, it's not like that tiebreaker is going to work <laughs> to your favor. You still have to beat the same teams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and tournaments are a weird thing, right? Like the way the, the fact that tournaments can run and like this entire thing can happen is is weird. Um Swiss, I don't I feel like if it was a lower amount of teams, Swiss is not the way to go, right? Like I if you're if it's going to be below like 30 some teams, you should be doing either double elim or group stage anyways, right? Like that that just makes sense to me. Um, and I was hoping to get like 40 plus and we ended up getting 40 plus on the signup. So I was like, okay, we're still going to do Swiss. But then with the amount of drops and people who didn't check in it ended up shortening it down so that some of these teams couldn't make it. Um, and especially like I was originally planning on having a top 16 cut, right? And in that situation, a lot of the teams that were bubbled probably wouldn't have been bubbled. Right. But because of how small the tournament was, I couldn't do that. We're talking with Magic 8-Ball about the Squid Board Tournament, if you're just now tuning in. If uh, you're probably really thrilled that teams like Jackpot and uh, uh, Young Squad uh, signed oh, up yeah. for this tournament. Uh, when when Jackpot lost in semifinals, they, they dipped out of third place, which which makes sense. And it kind of begs the question, it's like, if you're if you're one of these teams that, that plays in a tournament without a prize pool... It, it seems like there's nothing for them to gain. Either they win the tournament or or if they lose at any point along the way, they're going to get taken to Twitter and be like, oh, we, we beat this this top-level team, it, which rightfully so. People are allowed to be excited about that. But it seems like, yeah. like, like these teams that are really strong and should only be playing for prize pool, it, like there's nothing for them to gain unless they win the tournament straight up. That's honestly a valid point. Uh, I mean, I guess you could argue like, oh, they they want a result or everything, but like the teams that are playing for prize pool don't need the results. Like they've already, it, it's a weird situation, right? Like if if you're in plus one, you don't need to prove yourself anymore. You know what I mean? Like like you have the clout, you have the results to back up that like you're the best in the game. You don't need to play for that anymore, which is so weird to the majority of players. Like ninety percent of of competitive players don't know what that feels like uh when's the next one we're gonna do quarterly so march 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 looking for hey I, I like i said i i enjoyed it uh i enjoyed playing it i mean i i knew it was swiss so i knew i was mm -hmm. getting myself into um as a participant myself i uh i enjoyed it TikTok, what 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 <laughs> brought you to TikTok? I guess I actually have been using TikTok for a while. Uh, I don't know. It's just one of those things where like people, I I saw all these videos and stuff, and like it seemed entertaining. Like it was a Vine 2.0 kind of deal, and so I've always been like on it and stuff. And eventually, I I saw Splatoon stuff come across my page, and I was realizing like, you know what? <clears throat> what if? What if, right? Uh, and eventually I convinced myself to finally bite the bullet and do it. Um, 
and it's yielded pretty positive results so far. I mean, two months and a <clears throat> pretty decently in terms of numbers. Um, but again, it's kind of that that idea, like same idea that I had with Squidboards coming back. How can we inc- increase our reach? Essentially, right? Like, like, where are the players, and how can we find them, and how can we show them what we're all about? Are are there people on there that are actually talking about competitive Splatoon stuff, or is it like purely a hundred percent, like casual? Honestly, like I found a few competitive players who I didn't know about through Splatoon. To be honest. Um, and like, you know, they're like Div 6 or Div 5 or what have you. And, you know, I, you know, I watch low ink every so often. Right. And so I, I, I've obviously probably seen these players, but like, you know, really getting to engage with them is a different story. Um, so that's been cool. Uh, but a lot of players on there aren't competitive in a way. You know, they're just kind of there to post their clips and stuff and talk about Callie and Marie and things of that nature. Right. So it, it's an interesting kind of divide. Do you think those people that post about Callie and Marie would be interested? Like, do do you think they even know about the grassroots competitive scene? My heart tells me no. I like it. It's kind of the thing where, like, you know, they care about the characters and the story, and sometimes the gameplay, and that was kind of like what they gravitated towards. And so, because of that, they don't really know about uh, the wider, like people play this game and take it really seriously. Uh, and it's interesting. I, I've been thinking a lot about Valorant because the, if anybody didn't know, the Valorant Champions Tour happened, like the the finals, the, the crowning everything happened like this weekend. And I've been thinking like, you know, artists, music, uh, competitive players, everything, all of that works together in tandem. And it's so interesting because like, yeah, we have like some artists in the community that are involved with competitive. There are some uh, creators that are involved in competitive, but it, it, it doesn't unify itself like it does on Valorant. And I, I it's so interesting to me and I, I'm not really sure why, why that is. Uh, is there a divide between the casual and competitive scene? Not in like a sense of like, Oh, they don't know each other exists, but just more of like a kind of a, like a spiteful divide. I have been shut down from our slash Splatoon before. And I have, uh, on, on the one TikTok that I got that I put up that for some reason, the algorithm took hold of, I've gotten 20 plus comments about this game's dead why are you taking this so serious? It's a kid's game. Like, stop sweating. Stop making Splatoon unfun. Um, which, which is just wild to me. And it's definitely not the majority. A lot of people actually, like, were fascinated by that video. But there, there is a cohort of people who legitimately are anti-competition. That's uh well I mean I guess that's that's understandable. I mean that's mm-hmm. that, that's just anything in life. Um but you don't think that those people speak for the ma- the vast majority. No. No, I don't think so. I think that people who play Splatoon in general are competitive in nature. You know what I mean? Like if people are trying to grind up to X rank, 
they have to care at least a little bit about trying to improve, trying to get better, right? So if they're like us, they want to improve. And if they want to improve, then they're going to find these cool tricks and things that we post are going to be interesting to them. And it's going to help them do better. You know what I mean? <laughs> Splatoon's a kid's game. Can you give me an example? Help me understand this. What is in an adult game? Is it a is it a military game where we're shooting each other with real guns? Is that what adults do? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> CS:GO, Call of Duty, like those are the games for the adults for the the, the, the adults who are gonna rage and and guns and you know. Uh, fair enough. I I mean, as an adult now, I just wanted to be made sure of what games I'm supposed to be playing. Uh, so that that's good to know there. Uh, so so. I, I think since you commented on my tweet about making a, twit, a TikTok account, I feel like a lot of other people paid attention to that. And now, because of that, there is a a better... Uh, I think more people are turning an eye to TikTok that were before, like, I'm never going to touch it. If somebody mm -hmm. from the competitive scene is getting into TikTok, what would you suggest they they keep in mind if they want to be successful uh or at least like try what what should they keep in mind to like hit the i don't know maybe not successful is the right word but at least like get into the scene <laughs> so you want to follow as many people related to splatoon as possible it doesn't matter if they're uh like casual competitive whatnot just like if you see people who are engaged with that scene, follow them, interact on their page, do whatever you can, because that's going to help your chances of being noticed, first of all. Second of all, uh, if you're going to post things, try to make them short, try to get to the point as soon as possible, two to three seconds, or else people are going to swipe away. I mean, that's that's just how the algorithm works, and especially it cares about watch time. Um, and just in general, understand that super duper high level stuff is not going to get you places like the these people don't know about substrafing and think about how early on you learned about substrafing and try and like remember that when you're posting things you know what i mean like people are not going to understand the highest level of stuff but if we do interact with each other about tournaments and about things of this nature in front of the public eye then people are going to get invested in into competitive and i think that that's something that valorant has over us that we don't have on twitter is that they have so much of a more of a reach right so many more people are interested in valorant and so that kind of cascades but in splatoon twitter we have a closed loop where it's not getting out to the masses because not enough people care about splatoon whereas in valorant like there are a bunch of splatoon <clears throat> excuse me a bunch of splatoon players that care about valorant and so it's in the public eye so that's that's kind of what we need to foster on TikTok. Do you what's going to happen when 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 Splatoon three comes out? Are we going to see this massive boom that we're all expecting to come in from new players coming into the like picking up the game? Um, like like can we afford to just let Splatoon two die at this point and wait until like whenever it comes out in twenty twenty two? We need to be ready for it. That's the mistake that we made with the transition from Splatoon 1 to Splatoon 2. There was not enough in place to get those people funneled in, right? Like, we talk about, you know, the funnel. 
uh, the marketing funnel, mm-hmm. right? And I, I know, I know uh, Mizuno and Chad knows what I'm talking about. Um, you know, people are going to see it, and then it's all about getting those people to funnel in towards the more core audience and get them really invested and involved and competitive. Um, or at least interested in watching. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so, back when Splatoon 2 released, there were not enough things in place to get that. But if we work hard now in the next upcoming months and get a lot of people on TikTok, get a lot of people posting on Reddit, and get a lot of like new information and content out on YouTube, that's when we're going to be ready for the influx of Splatoon 3 and when a lot of people are going to see the diehards in Splatoon 2 who are going to be able to give them the information that they want. Uh, congrats on the upcoming graduation by the way, uh, any party plans? <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be having a little bit of a celebration stream on Thursday currently, although I hear that that's when we're scheduling our looting match for, so that'll be interesting. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I just presented to Roundy as the possibility. I <laughs> I, I still got to double check with everything. Scheduling <laughs> looting is the, it's the most frustrating. We're in the same group. Yeah, some some players, some teams have been an absolute joy to schedule with. Mm-hmm. Uh, others have been not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I don't don't bank on Thursday. Just we'll figure it okay. out. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, but uh, other than that, I'm gonna be just celebrating with my family. Uh. Go ahead and plug yourself, because uh, you know nobody on TikTok is here. Nobody here knows who you are. You got a whole new audience here. That's fair. I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I know most of the people who are on chat yes. right now. But if you don't know me, my name is Magic Eight Ball. Uh, follow me on Twitter and on TikTok if you care at Magic underscore Octo, and on Twitch at Magic Eight underscore Ball. I am a player, organizer, coach, and commentator. For all things Splatoon, I like to think that I have good analytical takes and information on the game. So if you care about that, follow up. Other than the incident, what would be your favorite moment that you have personally commentated? Oh, gosh. That's a tough one. I would probably say Riptide. It's fair. That that would have been my answer, too, if I was put on the spot with that it would have been better if any of those matches we commentated riptide were competitive a little bit closer we did nothing but three zeros all day long and it's like starburst came back and, and beat not ft when it's like well where was this starburst when we were commentating you but i mean these were close but yeah it was close but yeah well three three zeros never look close on paper than what they actually are <laughs> Magic, thank you, uh, thank you again for coming back on. Uh, we'll try to get you on before uh, get you back on again because you always got some good takes. And, thank uh, you, sir. The audience likes you, <laughs> unless they don't. I don't know. Might be, might be some propaganda. Thank you for having me. And that was Magic Eight Ball commentator, player, to for competitive Splatoon in a. Uh, good friend of the podcast uh my favorite person to commentate with uh i think uh i think we've done some really notable things together and uh i think it kind of shows or maybe it's just the fact that whenever me and magic do things 
the most ridiculous bull crap happens on stream, whatever it is that that's out of our control. So maybe it's more of a curse than anything like that. Uh, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Popcast. Uh, Low Ink preview on Friday. Make sure you sign up for Low Ink and um, I guess check out my TikTok. I guess. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure out. I'll, we'll see what I can do with TikTok. I might do like a video, like a short video, just like explain what Low Ink is. Not like try Not like, hey, come play in my tournament. I'm here to market to you guys. More of just like a, hey, here's what this tournament is. Uh, if you're not doing anything Saturday or Sunday, give it a watch on Twitch. It might be something you're really interested in. With that being said, if you'd like to be a part of the podcast in any way, feel free to reach out to me at my socials below, Twitter at Mr. Underscore Popgun, Discord, Popgun, hashtag 5882, YouTube at 25 Popgun, Twitch at Popgun25, anchor.fm backslash Popgun, uh, which I've gotten into a much better job of getting those out on time. And... Uh, uh, TikTok at Mr. Underscore Popgun as well, I guess. Uh, we're still figuring that out. Maybe I'll throw a link up to that somewhere. What's, I have no idea who this person is, but they got a nice overlay, so let's raid them. Toffee Toff. Hey, wear a mask, get vaccinated. Get the booster shot if you can. Uh, if it's something that's, you can be doing don't die please that would be awesome if you didn't do that